Hello and welcome to another volume of the Europe Elects History Corner. With apologies for the slight delay, this month we will be remaining in 1946, moving across the Mediterranean to Turkey, which held its first multi-party election 75 years ago. So sit back and relax as you enjoy the summer heat and sip on your iced tea as we explore the development of Turkish democracy. As ever, this election was picked by our patrons on Patreon. To join them in supporting Europolex's work, and to have a say in future History at Corner episodes, in addition to other perks, go to patreon.com forward slash Europolex. July 1946. A time of growing geopolitical tensions. The United States began a series of nuclear weapons tests in Micronesia. The Zionist paramilitary group Ergun set off a pair of bombs in Jerusalem, targeting the British administration. The Philippines gained independence from the United States, and in Turkey, Ankara University was formed, the first higher education institution established in the modern Turkish Republic. And even more significantly, on the 21st of July, 1946, the Turkish people went to the polls to elect their new parliament in the country's first ever multi-party elections. The Republic of Turkey was declared in 1923, following the resolution of a successful war of independence that saw the modern state reclaim the entirety of Anatolia from the ruins of the Ottoman Empire. The Turkish wartime leader, Mustafa Kemal, known from 1934 as Mustafa Kemal Atatürk, father of the Turks, became the country's first president, ruling for 15 years until his death in 1938 at the age of 57. During this time, Turkey was ruled as a one-party state under the complete political control of Atatürk's Republican People's Party, or CHP. Elections were held every four years to elect members of the Turkish Grand National Assembly, in which the CHP was the only competing party. Voters did not directly elect members of parliament at this time. Instead, using the electoral law dating back to 1876 in Ottoman times, they voted for electors who would go on to elect members to the Grand National Assembly, which then in turn elected the president. It is difficult to overstate the social and political transformation Turkey experienced under Ataturk's rule. Every vestige of monarchy was swept away as republican institutions were entrenched in the country, while intense efforts were made to secularise Turkey, including the abolition of Islamic courts and banning the wearing of religious clothing in public spaces. Aiming to orient the new state firmly westwards, the Ottoman Turkish alphabet, derived from Arabic script, was replaced by the new Turkish alphabet using Latin script. Women were granted full political rights in 1934, including the right to vote, and the Republican government also sought to increase political participation across the country. Local leaders were now to be elected, although this was not always implemented in practice, and an expansion of compulsory education aimed to increase the political participation. And to move Turkey further in the mould of a European nation-state, Ataturk pursued a policy of Turkification, seeking to enforce a Turkish identity upon all citizens of the Republic, extending the policies implemented during the latter days of the Ottoman Empire which had culminated in the Armenian and Assyrian genocides during the First World War. Minorities were pressured to speak Turkish, a migration system that encouraged assimilation was established, and surnames from non-Turkish backgrounds were either banned or forced to be Turkified. This policy of Turkification, it is fair to say, was not a complete success. Numerous Kurdish rebellions broke out in the 1920s and 30s, which provided the roots of tensions that persist to this day. Opposition parties were not strictly banned in this period of one-party rule. At times, Ataturk even encouraged the formation of opposition parties, so long as they did not fundamentally challenge his vision for the country. In 1924, 
a breakaway faction from the CHP, formed the Progressive Republican Party, a more conservative party opposed to the authoritarian inclinations of the CHP government. However, this party was accused by the government of participating in a rebellion staged by Kurdish Islamists in 1925, and was promptly banned once the rebellion was put down by force. In 1930, five years later, Ataturk actively encouraged the formation of a second opposition party, which would become the Liberal Republican Party, also to the right of the CHP. This party's lifespan would be even shorter, resolved by its own leader after only three months to prevent conservative opponents of Ataturk's secularisation policies from taking control of the party. Opposition in a muted form continued after 1930 through a small independent group in the Grand National Assembly, who successfully elected a handful of CHP-approved MPs in subsequent elections. But this would not develop into a coherent party grouping, nor, due to their reliance on approval by the CHP, any kind of effective opposition force. Unlike other one-party systems, there was never a complete merger between the party and the state, although the CHP did have complete control over Turkey's government. But although opposition parties were not formally banned, the political environment created by Ataturk, whereby his reforms and visions could not be substantially challenged, in effect enforced the continuation of one-party rule. Despite his desire for some political opposition, it would be incorrect to refer to Ataturk as a democrat, at least in terms of his immediate priorities. Although regularly professing the intention for Turkey to develop into a multi-party democracy, there was a belief among the governing Republican elite that the Turkish people were unable to be trusted with self-governance until the transformation of the country had been completed. The possibility that a free election might bring to power a government committed to opposing or even reversing many of Ataturk's reforms was also a consideration. Turkey thereby remained a one-party state for the remainder of Ataturk's life, and initially under his successor as president, his long-term prime minister Izmet Inunu. During Inunu's presidency, the CHP increasingly nominated multiple candidates for each seat, providing voters with a degree of choice, although all candidates remained party-approved. It was only after the Second World War, amid international pressure for democratisation and growing divisions between statists and liberals within the CHP, that Turkey developed into a sustained multi-party system. When Turkey signed the Charter of the United Nations in 1945, Several CHP parliamentarians pressed the party to commit to genuine democratic reforms in line with the Charter's principles. Those MPs gained the support from parts of the press, which increasingly began to criticise the one-party system. The Turkish government also hoped it might be able to benefit from the US Marshall Plan, an enormous programme of financial support for US allies in Europe introduced after the war, if it could present itself as having greater democratic legitimacy. The government also had alienated key parts of its support base during the war as it boosted military spending in case Turkey were to be dragged into the conflict. Inflationary policies had been pursued, price controls implemented, and a wealth tax introduced. These policies particularly affected the civil service and middle class, who comprised important pillars of CHP support, and added to the pressure mounting against the government after the war. Tensions within the CHP came to a head in 1946, and several MPs were expelled from the party, who would subsequently go on to form the Democratic Party, oriented again to the right of the CHP. The Democratic Party, however, did not substantially diverge from the central ideology of the modern Turkish state, known by this time as Kemalism. It was slightly less hostile to Islam, but did not fundamentally oppose Ataturk and Inunu's secularisation policies. The party's main point of divergence was an economic policy, seeking greater role for private industries in the Turkish economy. 
Under increasing pressure, and alarmed at the amount of support received by the New Democratic Party, the government conceded several democratic reforms. Firstly, the indirect electoral system was replaced with the form of majoritarian first-past-the-post, which gave every seat in a province to the party which won a plurality of the provincial vote. The electoral law was also amended to make it easier for new parties to be formed. The only formal bar now was that parties could not be based on religion or race. Elections were also brought forward one year ahead of schedule to ensure that the Democratic Party would not have time to organise an effective election campaign. So the 1946 legislative election was the first in the history of the Turkish Republic to be contested by more than one political party, but it was not held under free or fair conditions. The CHP benefited from enormous corruption by loyal local and provincial administrators, enabled by the lack of a secret ballot. Democratic Party activists complained that they had been prevented from monitoring the election. Ballots were counted in secret, and then swiftly destroyed once the result was announced. And caught off guard by the snap election, the Democratic Party only even contested half the country's constituencies, ensuring it could not feasibly win enough seats to unseat the CHP. The Democratic Party was led into the election by Inonu's former Prime Minister, Chilal Bayer, which did grant a degree of legitimacy to the electoral opposition. But the CHP ultimately won an easy landslide victory, netting 395 seats to the Democratic Party's 64, alongside six independent MPs, maintaining the party's dominance in the Grand National Assembly for the next four years. Most of the country accordingly elected CHP MPs, although Istanbul provided a strong vote for the Democratic Party, accounting for around a third of its MPs. Turnout reached 85%, indicating a high degree of public interest in the vote, flawed though it was. The election results provoked condemnation from the Democratic Party, and some newly elected MPs even threatened to resign their seats in protest. Nevertheless, the 1946 election proved to be an important stepping stone in Turkey's gradual democratization. Unlike its predecessors, the Democratic Party survived more than a handful of months, providing formal opposition to Inonu and the CHP for the first time. Rather than choose to suppress the Democratic Party, as with previous opposition parties, Inonu opted to coexist and tolerate the parliamentary opposition. Although still highly lopsided in favour of the CHP, Turkey had abandoned its one-party rule in favour of a two-party system. The Democratic Party used this platform to build its presence in Turkish society, paving the way for the party's shock landslide victory in 1950, and the first democratic transfer of power in Turkish history. Chilal Bayer would go on to become the country's first non-CHP president, serving for 10 years from 1950 until being deposed in the 1960 military coup. Turkish democracy would continue to have many, often severe obstacles, during and after the Democratic Party's rule, but the emergence of multi-party politics inaugurated in 1946 was a key development moving the country in a more democratic direction. You've been listening to the Europe Elects History Corner, hosted and written by Matthew Nicholson. The managing editor and producer was Polychronis Karampoulos. The music was by Jose Alvarado. And everything we do wouldn't be possible without our patrons on Patreon.